I just learned from Anna about, oh, about earlier this in 2022, somewhere within the past six months, that, you know, yeah, we've been doing life together for a very long time, but, you know, when you've been doing life together for a very long time, she's, you know, whoever you with will start telling other people about what your life is like. Are you with me? <laughs> now, y'all laughing because it's not going to go that way. Amen. <laughs> but she said this, the other, you know, about within six months, she says, you know, there's just something about, you know, Duran, you know, he, he recognizes that, you know what, he always says, as long as everything is fine with me and him and Luke and Tiana and now with Derek, everything else is all right. You know, do you know what that really means? When those that's in your inner circle, they love you and you love them and you're receiving from Jesus Christ the love of God, when people mad at you, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I'm preaching better than you shouting right now. I said I'm preaching better than you shouting right now, right? Right? You know, there's some people that write some really things, you know, and say things, and they might talk about you. Are you saying me, right? You know, they, like, for instance, can I tell you something? <laughs> no, see, I should not go here. I'm sorry. <laughs> this concept of I blocked you. You blocked me. You didn't block me. I'll drive right down your street. What are you talking about? You didn't block me. <laughs> this concept, I blocked you. You ain't blocked me. I will drive right over to your house right now, sit on your porch, and eat me a good veggie sandwich. Are you with me? I blocked you. Yeah, sandwich, sister. I block, I'm going to block you. I need to stop that. Amen. Pastor, no, it works, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you got to block someone, then turn that app off. <laughs> but the reason I'm saying that is you're trying to get back at somebody through some kind of form of blocking and communicating to them. When really, you need to learn how to be like this. <laughs> I am not upset over somebody that's not within my love range. What you just said. Amen. Say love. love. Comes from Jesus. And I will love others as Jesus has loved me. Amen. Praise God. That's what we're talking about when we say Jesus love us. So now here comes our part. And Jesus wants us to love others not as they love you but as Jesus has loved you well I don't appreciate that how they did me now I'm trying to get you out of how to not have fights and arguments with people is you share and exhibit love with them you don't see Jesus fighting with folk so why would we I'm just gonna love them you gonna what I'm gonna love them Say, turn to your neighbor and say, guess what? Guess what? I'm going to just start loving you. <laughs> now, I will give you a little tool. Now, don't overuse this tool, okay? We do have something else in our home as well, amen? Something might happen, and I say, oh, I just love you. <laughs> Come on. Burdens, do you understand what I'm saying? How many of you got to use that love right, amen? Hey, brother, come on, damn it, amen. Amen, brother, give me a high five back there. Amen, praise God. All right, I want you to check this out real quick, if you could, though. Let's go to, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Say, Jesus loves us. I did want to focus on that one. The rest of them don't have to be as long, but so much could be solved if we receive more of Jesus' love. I think it's worthy, and I'll go ahead and read it from the New King James, but I'm going to do all of these scriptures if you don't mind. So we're going to start at verse 7. I know we've read it before, I know you've studied, I know you know it's here, many of you all, but let's look at it as in Jesus love us, and then 
why Jesus is going to lead us to love others. Jesus loved us, and then Jesus is going to lead us to love others. Amen? Amen? You know what? Let's use the picture for a little bit, right? How many of you know you could love others by just listening to them? Yeah. By just what? Listening. You can love others by listening to them. Verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Whoa. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. This is why this is so important to me. It's not about, it's not about how well you know the scriptures. You are known because of how well you love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want to make sure y'all hear this. A good message, good teaching by Judah Smith. He says, love is not God. Ah. Love is not God. God is love. Y'all understand the difference, right? Amen. In this, the love of God was manifested. Say manifested. Toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and has sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Can I present a challenge? Let's say challenge one. This week, increase your love for others. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, if we, God abides in us. Let me give another one. Part of a communication of love is our facial expressions towards each other. I'm going to pause on that one. Oh, my God. That one just hit. <laughs> Good one, Sister Doc. Hold up. That one just hit. I'm going to just use Brother Clay. <laughs> How many understand if every time I see Clay, every time I come to church, see him at premarital class, I know he married, you know, they ain't sec- they taking it a second time. They good. And, and, and every, t- you know, I see him at, at Chicago Treats and see him at Bible Men Bible Study or see him on a Saturday leadership. And every time he see me, it's like this. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Am I going to hang out with him? You say, this is how it is. No, well, that needs to change then. Oh, no, no. Well, you know what? He's giving me a big, pretty smile right now, right? How I many know? Here's a comparative example. Whenever you see Kathy Geis, you're going to get a smile. A pretty one, too. She don't even have to know you. Just wanted, hey, how you doing, Kathy? How, what's your name? How you doing, Kathy? How many know you love someone by even how you treat them? I'm going to let that sink in. Do you know what I believe? We wouldn't have enough chairs if we just treat people nice. That's a word right there, gentlemen. Do you know one of the things that inhibits us from doing that? is when we're caught more on ourselves than we are on others. Is that the way Jesus treated people? Thousands of people followed him. Thousands of people. Is everybody with me? Well, not everybody just has to be happy. Okay. Can you at least be nice? Is anybody with me? Am I making too practical? Is it like too practical? Like love from your heart ought to show on your smile. That's not real love. If you got more love, it definitely will get me to you. That's a good word. By this we know that we abide in him. He is he in he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him. And he in God. 
And we have not, I'm sorry, and we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17 is uh, the body of Christ church's uh, visions verse. Love has been perfected. Love has been what? Among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear. There is no what? In love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Man, I could spend time. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And everybody said amen. amen. One more lesson about love. If we struggle with fear, which many do, if not all of us, in some level of capacity, when you're coming to a crossroads and you're not sure why you're starting to get anxious or, you know, your pulse rate goes up or you're trying to avoid somebody or you, get, you start getting nervous and twitches in you, and it, one of the things that's going on is that something is fighting against the ability to love. The love that Jesus has for you will stabilize you. The love that Jesus has, God being with you, right inside of you, dwelling on the inside of you, and reminding you, you are my beloved. You are accepted. I have confidently made you and bore my life for you. You are no longer who you used to be. You have been made brand new. You are not that old creation, for that old creation has passed by, and now you have become a new creation in Christ Jesus. All of heaven is dwelling on the inside of you. And when you allow that to come up on the inside of you, it will stabilize you. It, guess what? It'll stabilize you in a test. It will stabilize you in a confrontation. Have you heard that people don't like to deal with conflict? Deal with love first, and it will give you an ability to deal with conflict. Amen? I told you a story. I'll make it short again. There was a gentleman used to work with at FedEx Express, and he cursed like, like curse, curse, right? Like cursedy, curse, curse. Like when you curse, it hurt, curse, right? <laughs> and I could, I really was bound spiritually. I was tight around him. He, he was an old guy, meaning not like just in age, but he had been around forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he, you know, he kind of ran the station, kind of you know, influentially, you know, whatever. And I just could not take how much. Because it was laced with spirits. It was not just curse words. It was like laced with spirits. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I, but I couldn't go do anything about it. Have you been there? Have you been there? And I was praying one day, and God says, perfect love cast out all fear. I was like, oh, my God. I had to love him more. Therefore, when I increased my love for him more, I just went to him just like another employee. I said, hey, can we talk? You know, we was waiting on, it was a snow day, and we took him to the side, and I said, hey, you know what? You know, I just want you to understand, I know who you know who I am, and I love Jesus Christ, but honestly, I don't want to even want to pull out policy and procedure, and those are not words we're supposed to use. What I want you to know is that because of my love for God and because of just the environment that's created through you cursing and using those words, it just... It's just so damaging and hurting to everyone that hears, but especially crushing my spirit. Could you not do that? Oh, Taran, yeah, of course, man. Yeah, I just, you know, man, I got a potty mouth, man, you know, and <laughs> just, you know, just I'll stop doing that. How many of you know perfect love cast out all fear? Somebody say amen. Come on, give the Lord a big praise offering for that. Say practical. Say God, love for me is also the love I have for others. Somebody say amen. All right. Good. Good. Jesus what? Equip us. Jesus what? Everybody go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Some of us. I've got the, enough of the words up there, no matter what your translation says. Uh, but I want you to take a look at this and 
have some practical understanding as to Jesus lead us or what does it mean to equip. Everybody say equip. equip. Starting at verse 11. And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Um, some of us from a spirit-filled background, we call that the five-fold ministry. And it says in verse 12, for the equipping. For the what? This is very important. For the equipping of the saints, say that's me, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, perfect means mature, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Boy, that's so powerful. So just for one sake, listen, it says what we're wanting to do is have Jesus equip us. For Jesus to what? We need Jesus to equip us, and what we're speaking about is to equip us, notice what it says, that those that are in ministry, so Pastor Jeremy, those that are in ministry leadership team, the elders, the growing and maturity, those that we, you know, are literally, they help oversee the church and, and bring it together and spiritual authority and all that. We come together, and they are the ones that we are to equip the body. We're to equip the what? We're to equip the what? Because we've got it today's centuries we've got it kind of sometimes backwards that we're always wanting those to be the ones that are ministering it's not those that's ministering it's actually you it's everyone plays it should be that jeremiah should bust out out of that drum and just be like oh that's a, i see something over there i'm just gonna have to wait on that and just come right over here and say uh you know, and then just begin to minister to someone right in the midst of the service or after service or on the way to the parking lot or on your way to where you get your lunch. That's where we're supposed to be the body of Christ all over. Are you with me? Please accept. Oh, this is a good one. Practical again. The way you start living in what you're equipped is you start trying. You start what? Trying. That's the same thing I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just trying. I mean, instead, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just trying. I've got one little scripture for God so loved the world that he gave me his only. I just got one scripture, but that's the one I'm working. Is everybody with me? So therefore, we are equipped. Now, here's what it means in all of the definitions. That word equip in the Greek, it says equipping. Get this. It means complete furnishing. That's powerful. The actual definition there means complete furnishing. In other words, for you to be complete furnishing. Here's another example. I should be able to come and pass this off to AJ right now, and he should be able to finish the rest of this message. Notice that it got serious, right? <laughs> now it got serious, right? I should be able to hand this off to Johannes, and she should come up here and wax it in Spanish. Are y'all with me? We might need an interpreter, but she should be able to wax it. So therefore, the point is, is that we've all got to be able to have equipment in order for the perfecting of the saints. Somebody say amen. amen. What does it mean? It means to fit. It means to prepare. It means to strengthen. How many of you know we need strength? It means to put in order for oneself, and it means to make one what he ought to be. The word equip, Sister Alicia, means to make one what he ought to be, to make one what they ought to be. So for the equipping, I want to be equipped. I want to be who Jesus wants me to be. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Are we learning anything? Yes. Say application. application. Jesus, apply us. Do not go to the, I read 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17 last week. Uh, let's go ahead and go just to Proverbs 22. Go to Proverbs 22. Now, I would like to share that many of us know this, but we have to live it, and that is the way you grow in something is that you use it. The way you grow in something is that you have to what? For instance, I'm going to just bless our spiritual son here, and Brother Kobe, right? Brother Kobe started playing a little bit. Now, he used to play when he was a child back in Ghana. He used to play for his dad's, granddad's church and all that, right? So when he started playing here, you know, he hadn't played for a little while. But, you know, he'd come up, he'd tap it a couple of times, and they would sing, you know. And, you know, Brianna loves him, so she'd sing with him, you know. And, oh, yeah. Come on, everybody, let's praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> right? And, and, and Kobe was playing, right? Now, I've been with him for about a year now. And when Kobe first started playing, he was, he was playing like this. Right? 
I mean, I'm, I, he loves me. I love him. So we, we you know, like I wouldn't do that to you because you'd be writing me an email. I'm not going to do that. Amen. <laughs> but for him, I can do that, right? Because he loves me. So, so I, you know, we, was, we had somebody playing, right? Brother Peter wasn't able to play. You know, Brother Cubby, oh, I'll play, you know. Are y'all with me, right? And we say, and we praise God. Nobody said anything. Are you with me? I don't know if y'all understand one year later. Right, one year later. <laughs> I I'm, like, I'm like, right, come on, Brother Samuel. I'm like, Brother Kobe. How <laughs> do you understand when we put a demand on you, God can get more out of you? Come on, you've got to start acting on what he's given you. You've got to use that verse he's given you. He's got to use your articulation to pray. You've got to use that ability to love and hug on people. You've got to use what God given you. He has equipped you. Now it's time to apply it. Give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, reading verse 17 to 19. I've got to go fast. Verse 17 to 19. New King James Version again. Here it says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. Hear the words of the what? Wise. Then it says this. Most translation says it this way. And apply your heart. Say that with me. Apply your heart. One more time. To my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within. Within you. Let them be fixed upon your lips. So that, your, so that your trust may be in the Lord. So that your trust may be in the what? Lord. If you apply the word of God, if you apply the teachings, if you stop when you're shopping at Aldi's and you know, man, I, I got to get this. Man, Pastor, always fussing at us about not praying for people. God, I don't want to pray for them right now. They go pray for them. Okay, God, I will. Just stop and leave me alone. And you pray for someone, right, in Aldi's. And they look up, and all of a sudden, the darkness has been lifted. All because you obeyed. All because you applied. All because you what? Wow. Applied the knowledge. And now, how many of you understand, when that happens, you're now going to grow in the Lord. Because you're just like, you calling people, right? You know, you just snapped it. and <laughs> You didn't took a selfie. <laughs> I prayed for them, and the darkness went away. Amen? I want you to understand God wants you to apply what he has equipped you with. And then he can trust you to equip you with more. Are you with me? Somebody say amen. amen. Look what it says. So that your trust, so that your what? So that your what? May be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. What this means is we're going to apply what we have been equipped with. And we are equipped with the word. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit. We are equipped with the spirit of God to give you gifts of the spirit and to move through you. You're going to be equipped in the things that you may know how to do naturally. Maybe Tiana knows how to dance. Maybe Kobe knows how to, you know, like uh, uh, Brother Matthew. Brother Matthew, very super high level intelligent, you know, 3D computer guy type guy, right? Just use what you have for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Brother Bowles, right? They, there they are, you know, in Gideon's, trying to hand out the word of God. I'm driving down Lincoln Way. Nice looking guy in a suit, sitting on the, standing on the corner. It's like, man, who's wearing like a two-piece suit like on Lincoln Way? Oh, my God, that's Elder Bowles. I mean, nothing. distributing Bibles. Use what you have. Use what you want. Whatever you've been equipped with, that's what God wants you to apply. Say that with me. Whatever I've been equipped with, say whatever I've been equipped with, I'm supposed to apply. Amen. If we understand what that means, it simply means to put into application. To put it into what? 
All right. Let's go to this last one. Jesus disciple us. Say that. Please take notes on this one. You need this one. This is really good. We need it. I need it. It all is laced in this one thing. Follow me. To be a disciple means this one thing. Follow me. To be a disciple means what? This is so good. To be a disciple of Jesus means to listen, follow him. No, no, that's fine. You don't. You don't have to say me. Say him. That's good. <laughs> follow Jesus. But Jesus says follow me. That's why I said capital letters. It's not talking about Pastor Trent or anybody else. Talking about Jesus. Follow him. Follow Jesus. Follow who? Jesus. Let's make it practical again. But if Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, he ascended unto heaven and now sitteth at the right hand of the Father, how can I follow him as his disciple? This is very important. I hope you take notes. I've got to learn how to discern presence. I've got to learn how to discern presence. I've got to learn how to discern presence, the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. Say that. The presence of Jesus. I want to make a differentiation real quick. Sometimes, because we live in a natural world using our five senses... Ooh, God, I hear you. We sometimes try to rely on those even in the things of God. I didn't plan on this, but let's do this. Everybody go to um, First Peter, I mean First Corinthians chapter two. Do that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Everybody go to First Corinthians chapter two. We want to learn how to discern presence. It's not a formula. It's by faith. It's by faith. You want to discern presence. I'll give you another example. I'm, I'm not, man, I might be turning into Pastor Jeremy. I'm using my wife's examples a lot today. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I'm falling in love, I guess. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Anna can say this. She'll say, honey, I just don't sleep the same when you're not in the bed. Everybody with me? Now, I get really confused by that because I might have heard her sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> now see, now see, y'all did that. I didn't do that. Amen. <laughs> but but my point is if come on, if, but if how do you understand? She said, I, I knew you weren't in the bed. I, you didn't get in bed till you know two oh two. Man, this woman of God is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but how me understand, when you know someone really well, yes. you can sense them. Yes. We're not talking about, you know, you know, like jumping in the bed or anything like that, but you just can say, that's the way we have to be with Jesus. And you can. Here's how we know. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're starting at verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, the things which who? God or Jesus has prepared for those who love him. <laughs> and it's even those who love him. So you can love him but still not know what Jesus has prepared for you. That could be a lot of us in the room right now. Jesus loves you and you love him, but you may not even know what God has prepared for you. Is everybody with me? Notice this, though. But, oh, there's that but again. <laughs> but, say but. but. But God has revealed them to us through his what? Through his what? Now, notice what this means. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things. You've got to believe all of the scriptures. You can't just make this stuff up. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do we know them? 
Those things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Here it is. But the natural man, say natural man. Hearing, smelling, touching, even to some level intellectualism or mental assent. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can know them, because they are spiritually what? They are spiritually discerned. The way we know more about God, the way we know where he's going, if he's the one leading us, is that we have to discern his presence by the Holy Spirit. We do it spiritually. We do it how? We could grow as a body. You would grow in your individual life. You would grow at work. You would grow in what to do with your children or in your family if you are more, if we all grow in the dependency of being led by Jesus by discerning spirit. And the reason I'm saying is that sometimes, <laughs> the example to be used is this. Remember when David goes to, uh, to battle with the Philistines, right? And he says, God, should I go up? And God says, go up. He goes and he wins the victory. Everybody with me? They come against him again, and he thinks because he went up that time, surely you should go up again because that's what he's been told already. So that's what many of us do. Oh, man, he gave it into my hands the first time. I'm about to go get him. Right? But he asked God, he says, God, should I go up against him? No, don't go up. How many understand that's a lesson that you have to be spiritually discerning? Because if you use the formula, you may put the wrong formula to the wrong question. Ooh, that's good teaching. That's just a good selah. Say selah. All right, let's get to this. Let's jump back to where we were. Jesus, disciple us. Follow me because also the word disciple from the Greek means learner. Means what? So good because disciple means learners, and guess what? Leaders are learners. Discipleship means what? Means what? Everybody go to Matthew 16. We'll only use that. Ooh, no, we got to use two scriptures. Go to Matthew 16. I really sense and believe that we're growing right now. A little bit uncomfortable how quiet it is, but I believe we're discerning and thinking about it and applying some principles. And you might need to hear this over and over again, but how many know you'll grow if you live like this? Jesus, lead us. Say that. Jesus, lead us. Matthew 16. I want to read these passages of Scripture because it would be really, really good. Verse, I'm going to start at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the Son of Man am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Why do I have this passage in here? It's because it's very hard to follow Jesus or to let Jesus lead you if we don't know who Jesus is. That's a good word. So this is the check, like Jesus doing a check. Do you know who I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Say that with me. You are the, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my father which is in heaven. This is why it's so important to be spiritually discerning, because we're not looking for history to prove that who Jesus is. You can show forth that Jesus is a historical figure, but that doesn't make you follow him. You have to have a revelation that Jesus is real. He is the son of the living God, and then you'll begin to follow him. Somebody say amen. amen. Therefore, it says, and I also to you, he says, and I also say to you, and P or Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? And the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, look at what it says. Don't think about what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth and will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed on heaven. I want you to understand with all of your heart, 
when you understand that Jesus is the son of the living God, then that's how Jesus, that confession, that faith confession, that's how Jesus built his church on earth. And that's why we gather through the stages and ages of eternity now, all the centuries of people that we, who we are right now in Ames and all in, who's holding service and over in Australia and South Africa and Papua New Guinea, all over the world, those that name the name of Jesus because Jesus established his church and now the gates of hell, all that resist what God and who God is will not prevail. Politics will not prevail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to a Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29. Romans 8, 29. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share this verse. Very important. Pastor, give me a hand. You see that sign? You put it up right in front of me. That sign, that folded sign, that sandwich board. Look at verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Say conformed. conformed. To be conformed to the image of his son. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I want everybody to see this and hear this. You'll find it also in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Two words, two scriptures, they bear witness to one another. In Romans chapter 8, 29, it reveals what is our destiny. What is our what? Many of us think about, well, what's my destiny? Who does God want me to become? What's my destiny? I, I was born for a purpose. I was born for a reason. Those of us who have been reborn or born into Jesus Christ or regenerated by the renewing of who we are, we have now a destiny. And that destiny is to be conformed into the image of the one who caused us to be new. That is Jesus. This is very important for all in the room and all that are listening because of this. If we're going to be Jesus' disciples, oh, I didn't read verse 24. But if we're going to be Jesus' disciples, we have to understand it's because we are now being conformed into the image of the one who formed us. We are being formed into the image. In other words, yes, we got baptized by water. Yes, I accepted Jesus Christ, believing in my heart and confessing with him with my mouth. But that's just the beginning. Now I'm being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, and that's my predestination of where he wants me to come to because I was designed to be like him. I said I was designed to be like Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn, and he walked in power and authority. God wants Carrie to walk in power and authority. There is nothing that's in this world that has the ability to overtake us anymore because Jesus lives in me, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. So if it's in the world, it's not greater than he that is in you. Hallelujah. I am not a defeated person. I am not the last. I am not below. I'm not going to be hung out. I'm not going to be addicted. I'm not going to be battled and strung out anymore. I'm not going to walk around hurt. I'm not going to live by depression. I'm not going to live in fear. I know Jesus Christ always leads me in victory. He leads me in a triumphant procession because he has set me free by the cross. And now the cross has made me free. Give the Lord a glorious offer. My God, do you understand what Jesus has finished the work for us? Say, walk in it. Jesus loves us. Jesus equipped us. Jesus applies us. And now Jesus wants to disciple us to be conformed into his image. To be conformed into his what? <laughs> I love how theologians and Good Baptist preachers, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, how good Baptist preachers would preach it, and they would talk about some of the old folk, and they say it like this, so they could teach it at Cambridge University, or they can teach it in the pulpit, and they say they have a scholar come up to recite the 23rd Psalm, and he comes up as a scholar and a theologian, 
articulate in speech and linguistics. But the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down, and he doesn't miss a comma, doesn't miss a semicolon. Are you with me? And says it professionally and orates it beautifully. And then they have this old little woman come up. She has to get a little, a little help to get to the microphone. And she, she kind of speaks in a broken language. And she certainly didn't pronounce the words right. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm, I shall not want. You say, what's the difference? The difference is one knew the 23rd Psalm. But the other one knew the shepherd. Come on. You see, it's not based on you have to know how to read or not. It's not based on what your education level is or not. And all of those things are beautiful. Come on, I couldn't be living in Ames, Iowa without appreciating that. Are you with me? But at the same time, God made it so that none of that would keep you from knowing Jesus for yourself. Now, Jesus leads us. Jesus what? Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I tell the story about, I don't know, I said it to somebody the other day. You know, my grandfather was known as an incredible, like, person of God or whatever. And I somehow, you know, got his Bible when I was in college or whatever. And, uh, you know, here I am learning everything, got Strong's Concordance and concordances and commentaries and all this kind of stuff. And I was reading his Bible one time, and he has notes filled in and everywhere, and, and I mean literally, not very many words were spelled correctly. But when I read those notes and put those understandings together, I said, my God, this is someone that knew who he was. Say, I want to be Jesus-led. Somebody say amen. Say, Jesus leads us. I want to get through a couple of these notes and we're going to end on a hooray. Listen, when we, we, we would be lying to you if we don't get this out. To be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to come to the place. I understand sometimes you're not ready. You've got to come to the place where it says, give up everything. Being a disciple of Jesus means give up everything. And that makes some people nervous. Because you're like, I worked hard to get this. <laughs> I barely got anything as it is. But you see, unless you're willing to lose everything, you don't have the aptitude and the openness to gain everything. Are you with me? Because you're wanting to protect yourself, you can't experience love. Because you, let's say you don't give, it's hard for you to find those things to receive. You've got to be willing to give up what? And some of us have to give up pride. I'll get over. I was going to say this over here. They might look like they was going to throw something over there. <laughs> Brother Kevin, we've got to be willing to give up what? Pride. pride. we got to be willing to give up pride. So here's what I want us to understand about this part about um, uh, Matthew 16, 24. It's also another Gospels. Uh, Jesus says, if any man be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Deny himself, pick up his cross, and now, some of us like to make sure we teach the, the properness of it. We're not talking about you take up Jesus' cross. But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Jesus fulfilled his work on his cross. Now, we deny ourselves, pick up the cross, and what? And follow him. And then that kingdom of God means it's he, me, we, and his. And it says in Matthew 6, we want to seek the kingdom and all of his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. We want to seek the kingdom. How to be a disciple is follow him in the kingdom. So here's how we'll leave. Jesus, lead us, love us, equip us, apply us, and disciple us. The scriptures that we want to share with you in our close is back to that, is that Jesus leads us as a good what? Psalms 23, verses 1 to 3 say this. Look at how many times it says, leadeth us. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He what? Me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He what? Leadeth me in paths of righteousness for what sake? For his name's sake. What about, check this out. Can we give another big blessing because of how our leaders, I mean, our elders just poured out themselves and mature um, ministers, prayer and altar call team just poured out themselves, stayed up here 45 minutes. And to some, they stayed a whole hour and a half afterwards ministering to people, just give it of themselves. Because how I many know Jesus gives you a practical person to follow as well so that you learn in wisdom and he's given us elders. Somebody say amen. amen. Can we give God a big praise offering for our elders again? Proverbs 4.11, I will teach you in the way of wisdom. I will lead you in right paths, and he'll put people in front of you. This is, you know, Solomon is even writing these things because David was the one who gave it to him. Are y'all with me? But I want to end on this thought. Hey, Jesus lead us. Say, Jesus leads us. In Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, enter through the narrow gate. Enter into what kind of gate? The narrow gate, for wide is the gate that broad is the road that leads to destruction. How many understand I don't want to go on the road of destruction? I don't want to go on the road of what? And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that what? That leads to what? The life that Jesus wants you to have. Amen? It leads to life and only a few on it find it. Somebody say amen. I want you to know, but the devil, the enemy, wants to put up roadblocks on the life path. Wants to put roadblocks and speed bumps and tripping courses over you because he doesn't want you to go on the path to life. But that road that leads to destruction is wide open. Are y'all with me? But I want to be on the right path. I don't want to be on the what? So Jesus needs to lead me. Jesus needs to what? Give you this testimony and we're going to go. Listen. You know, I don't even know how it fits. It might be in somebody in the room or I don't know. But this is before I was spirit filled and uh, used to live over here on East Lincoln with a little small, small studio apartment. And I had come to the place where I wanted to live in righteousness. I wanted to live holy. I wanted to live in purity. And I had a girlfriend at the time. It wasn't Sister Anna. It was in school. And I, 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 I was I was not living right. Are you I was not what? And how many understand I wanted to live right? And so. Things that we were doing, and it wasn't sexual intercourse or anything like that, but whatever we was doing, I knew it wasn't right. Who am I talking to? How many understand you could be dealing with things that you shouldn't be doing? And I just said, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this anymore. And nobody was teaching it. It was just because I was reading the word of God. I'm, here, I'm being serious. Nobody was teaching it. I was not hearing it at the church or whatever. There's nothing wrong with the church or the pastors. But I did it because I was reading the what? Because the word of God will lead you. Because the word is Jesus. So therefore, I was reading the word of God. I said, you know, I'm just not going to do that anymore. So I stopped doing it. And I was at my apartment over there one day. And we were, you know, I thought we were still going. I said, I thought we were still going together. Are you with me? <laughs> and in my house, in my little apartment, I was in there. And all of a sudden, a vision. A what? This is before I was spirit filled. A vision came up, and it was on the wall. And it was a f- like, I, I, I. It was like a flat screen TV. How many understand technology was not out? It was like a flat screen TV. It was like a wall opened up, and I saw a screen, and I saw her, and I saw at her apartment, and I saw it was on the dorms, and I saw that guys were trying to talk to her. Siri, that's your last time. We're going to pray for you. And what I did was, I said, oh, my God. How many understand I feel like I'm already weird? I didn't go take a pill like, oh, I'm seeing, I'm going, I'm a hallucinating. I thought it was God. So I tried it. So I what? I, tried it. I went, a phone with a wire to it. Don't phone me. <laughs> I called, and I could hear voices in the background. I said, who's there? Oh, it's Mark. What's Mark doing over there? Can I tell you something? Can you imagine what God wants to reveal to you? Can you imagine what God wants to give you in the realm of the spirit? First of all, flat screens had not been made. This is 1988. Are y'all with me? If God would get a hold of you, he can take you into the future. 
and reveal things that you know not of. You've been wanting to know who you're supposed to be with, what you're supposed to do. How many understand that beautiful one over here is not her? Did you catch that? <laughs> Did you catch that? What I'm saying to you is God wants to reveal to you by his spirit so that Jesus can lead you down the right path. Is everybody with me? Because one thing is for sure, if I would have hung around waiting on that, that would have blocked me from the path of righteousness. Everybody with me? But you've got to learn to do this. <laughs> what? I'm not going to have a roadblock. I want to get to the road of life. I don't need the devil blocking my path. I don't need people blocking my path. I don't need ignorance blocking my path. I want Jesus Christ to open up that straight and narrow way that leads to life, that leads to victory in every aspect of my life. Give the Lord a praise offering. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. All hands lifted. Lord, we receive from the open heavens right now. God, we receive from your open heavens right now, Jesus. I'm praying, Father, that you would open up our hearts to discern your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Father, for some that have never heard this or maybe never heard it taught this way, never saw that verse in that way, in that application, I pray, Holy Spirit, in modern terminologies today, we call it a download. God, download right now in Jesus' name. For some of us, God, just give us a live stream where we are always on live stream with heaven. And live stream is leading us and guiding us because Jesus leads us. Lord, we don't want to go down the road of destruction, not in any area of our life. We want to go down the straight and narrow road. We ask Jesus that you would unblock every path and cause us to follow you in every aspect. We thank you, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Jesus. To you, God, be the glory and honor. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Would you give the Lord a big praise offering? Listen, this is how we'll go home. Have a great spring break. Could you hug the person to your left and to your right? Hug the person to your left and to your right. We're dismissed.